Amen. Thank the Lord for great music. A little boy had moved to a new neighborhood with his parents. He was a quiet, shy little boy. Name was Steve. One day he came home from school and told his mom, said, Mom, I want to make a Valentine card for everyone in my class. His mother heart his mother heart sank a little bit. She thought, I wish he wouldn't do that. You see, it wasn't that his mother was unloving. She just hurt for a little boy. Because every day she had watched him coming home from school, and all his friends were out in front of him, laughing and holding on to each other, and there was little Steve coming up behind by himself. But she thought she'd go along with him, so she bought the crayons and the glue and the paper and prepared everything for him. And for about three weeks, little Steve painstakingly made 35 Valentine's cards. Because, he's, you see, he wanted everybody in his class to know something. They, he wanted them to know he loved them. And so he worked on them. The day came, and he took all 35 of them, put them under his arm, and marched out the door to go to school to give out the Valentine cards. His mom, as you could imagine, thought, this is going to be pretty tough on him, so I'll bake him some chocolate chip cookies and have them for him when he comes home, a glass of cold milk, and that'll help him. The day went on, Mom did that. She walked over to the kitchen window, and it being February, she scraped a little frost off the inside window, and sure enough, there was coming all the boys and girls, hanging on to each other. They all had Valentine cards under their arms. They were laughing, and there was Steve coming along behind them. He didn't have a single Valentine card, still walking behind him. Steve came in the house, and Mom said, Son, Come on in, I brought you some cookies and got some cold milk for you. He didn't even pay any attention to her. He walked right past her, and all she could hear him say is, Not one. Not a single one. And she thought one thing, but he said another. He said, Mom, I didn't forget one of my classmates. I got them all a card, and they all know I love them. That's a lot like the love of God. What a perfect human example. You see, we need to tell this world that no one is excluded. No one is overlooked. God loves all the people of this world. Jesus came and he made it as personal as possible in John 3:16, where he said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever... That's everyone is invited that whosoever would believe in him should not perish but have eternal life. God loves people and we need to carry that message. God loves the church. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 25, Christ also loved the church and he gave himself up for her. Here the perfect sinless son of God came And gave his life up on the cross. Died, was buried, and three days later resurrected so he could offer us the love of God and the peace of God through eternal life. We are blessed to be a part of this church. I hope you counted a blessing to be a part of any local church where you go. Because it's a privilege. You see, we we at First Baptist Church have weathered many challenges, yet here we are in 2007 as never before committed to the Great Commission. 
And my question and my challenge to us today is to be faithful prayer warriors for our church. It is my desire to see us learn to be obedient to the Lord's mandate to make disciples. That's what I've been working at with our Sunday school leaders, that we would be a great commission Sunday school focused on telling people about the love of God in the person of Jesus Christ. Turn in your Bibles to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 because I want us to focus on some words of the Apostle Paul to the church at Thessalonica. Look with me, 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 9 through 13. 1 Thessalonians 3, verses 9 through 13. For what thanks can we render to God for you in return for all the joy with which we rejoice before our God on your account? As we night and day, as we night and day keep on praying earnestly, most earnestly, that we may see your face. Paul had a desire to go and see these people. He said, and may complete what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and Jesus our Lord direct our way to you. And may the Lord cause you to increase and abound in love for one another. For all men, just as we do for you. So that he may establish your hearts before God, may establish your hearts unblameable in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus with all his saints. Paul wrote 13 letters to the various churches in the New Testament they're included. In nine of these churches, Paul wrote of his love and thankfulness to God for them. That was particularly true of this book to the Thessalonica believers, Paul was so concerned about their, their situation that he sent young Pastor Timothy, go ahead of me, get there before I can get there, and encourage them and bring back a report to me about how they're doing. These verses in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 remind us of the importance of combining love and prayer and the Word of God as we work together as they're linked together, as we seek to be people accomplishing the Great Commission as our Lord's mandate. I want you to notice how very specific Paul is in his prayer. It is my desire that we would learn from the Apostle Paul, that we would be challenged to pray this specifically for our church here at First Baptist Church, that we would be the, this kind of a church. First of all, Paul prayed for their faith to mature. He prayed for them to have a maturing faith. In verse 10 it said that we might complete what is lacking in your faith. The Bible is very clear on how we can have a maturing faith. It is by consistently studying the Word of God. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 verse 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of Christ. As we consistently study God's Word, as we allow His Holy Spirit to implant truths in our lives, God will impact our lives and allow certain situations and circumstances to come into our lives that our faith may be increased, that it may be matured, that it may grow and flourish to be all that God wants it to be. 
I like what Dr. Warren Wiersbe said about faith and testing. He said, a faith that cannot be tested, a faith that cannot be tested, cannot be trusted. So God today is allowing circumstances and situations. He's allowing them and sometimes even orchestrating these circumstances into our life. But he's doing that to mature our faith. Not to destroy our faith. God wants to grow us and to mature so he knows exactly what needs to come into our life. The testings and the trials into our lives so that our faith would be matured. So my question is today, do you have a maturing faith? Do you understand how it is important it is for us to have a life of faith? You know, the Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. He didn't say it was going to be difficult for us to please him. He said without faith, without faith, it is impossible for us to please God. So he is constantly working in our lives to develop and cultivate our faith so that we would demonstrate Christ's likeness in our lives. So I ask you a question. How is your life of faith? Are you walking by faith or by sight? Are circumstances and situations you're encountering today growing and maturing you or defeating you? Let God work in your life as you dig into his word. Been one of the great encouragements that I've seen with people when they walk through times of trial and difficulty. They inevitably start going deeper into the word of God. And what God does is cultivate and mature and develop their faith. So the question is, how's your faith life? The second thing Paul prayed about that we need to pray about is that their love would abound. He said in verse 12, and may the Lord cause you May the Lord cause you to increase and abound in love for one another. You know, one of the ways to find out how your faith life is, is how your love life. As we are maturing in faith, we will be growing in our love for God and our love for one another. Paul was earnestly working with people and encouraging those New Testament saints to help them develop their faith life to help them develop their life of love. Look with me at 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 9 and 10, as Paul puts feet to his prayers, as he prays for them, he said, Now, as to love of the brethren, you have no need for anyone to write to you. For you yourselves are taught by God to love one another. For indeed, you do practice it. He was telling them, I see the evidence, the practice of love. For indeed, you do practice it toward all the brethren who are in all Macedonia. But then he encouraged them and exhorted them to do it even more. He said, but we urge you, brethren, to excel still more. We can never love one another too much if we love with the love of God. See, the people at Thessalonica were going through great trials and tribulation. They were, some of them were even experiencing uh, persecution. Well, I'm looking out at a group of people, and people on television listening to this service. Some of you are walking through a very challenging, a very difficult time. Circumstances are tough. 
but it has been driving you to God's Word. It's been my experience in pastoral counseling to see two different ways people respond to trials and circumstances. First, you see some people build walls. They'll build a wall up and hide themselves off. That they shut themselves off from others. You see, sometimes it's very understandable because what they're experiencing is very personal. Could be embarrassing if it got out, so they're very protective of it. So they, they build up a wall. Others build bridges. That they make it possible for committed Christians to support them, to pray for them, to encourage them. And really, it's not a matter of one or the other being better. In fact, we need to tie them both together because all of us have different personalities. You see, some of us are a little too open. And so what we do is we, we share too much. And then some who are not committed Christians just simply share what we've shared with them in confidence. And it's just become something to spread gossip. And it embarrasses us. It hurts us. Well, not to ever break a confidence. That's what causes some people to build up walls instead of doing what the others do. They build bridges. But some of us need to be careful in what we share. But some of you might need to also work to to share with other people. You have shut yourself off to many people. And so you need to open up a little bit so you could have some prayer support, so you could have some encouragement from people, so they would know how to pray for you specifically. And so my question is, do you have a Christian love? Do you have a Christ-like love? Are you demonstrating that love in practical ways to other people. What about that person? That, that person in your family circle, your circle of friendship, that is walking through a very difficult and challenging time. Are you demonstrating God's love to that person? You know, out of all the things the Bible could say about Christians, did you know there's one identifying mark of a Christian? One way you can tell a Christian, regardless whether you can speak their language or not, I've experienced this as I've gone on mission trips to the Ukraine, to the former Soviet Union, to places in Mexico, China, and different places around the world. Regardless of whether we can speak the language, one identifying mark. Look with me at John chapter 13. Jesus tells us in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35, Jesus said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another even even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. In other words, we are to love with God's supernatural love just as Christ loved us. And then Jesus said, by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love. For one another. So, how's your faith life? How's your love of God and love of others? To somebody you're struggling to love, would you just simply yield them to God? Say, God, this is a person that you've allowed to come into my life and they're difficult to love. But I know that you love them. And so I want to love them just as you love me in Christ Jesus. And I want to be free with my love for that person. So I pray for them to have your love.
The final thing that Paul teaches us, and we need to learn if we're going to pray for our church, we need to pray for our people to increase in life of holiness. He wrote in verse 13, Your heart's unblameable in holiness. Now, holiness is a lifelong process, and to be honest, it's a very confusing thing to many people. There are many people that struggle with saying they want to live a holy life. I mean, our pastors shared with us, reminded us several times, we're called saints. We didn't call ourselves saints. God's Word calls us saints. Now, we know that we're saints only because of our right relationship with Jesus Christ. But they don't understand. They stop to forget. You know, Baptists, we, we've gotten a little bit scared. We've let some that abuse this truth to make us run the other way. You know, people walk up and say, well, Paige, have you been baptized with the Spirit? And man, we get all scared with him. Well, does that mean I'm running around speaking in tongues and, and acting crazy or something? It just means, have you received the Holy Spirit? The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, that when we receive Christ, we receive the Holy Spirit. We've been baptized with the Spirit into the body of Christ. So we have received the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 15 and 16, the Word of God says to all Christians, Be holy yourselves how much of your conduct? How much of your behavior? All of it. Be holy yourselves in all of your conduct, all of your behavior, because it is written, you shall be holy, for God is holy. We seem to have forgotten that when we repented of sin and trusted Christ, we received the indwelling Holy Spirit. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that we have been declared New creations in Christ. Old things have passed away. All have become new because we are new creations in Christ. You know, the Apostle Peter made it even clearer when he said in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4, that Christians are partakers of the divine nature. We have a new nature. I'm no longer just the son of Pete and Lois Wilson. I am a part of God's family. I've been born again. I have received the indwelling Holy Spirit. And I can and I should live a holy life because I have the indwelling Holy Spirit who works through me and enables me to live a godly life. So are you living a holy life? Some Christians think they are. They talk about all these Bible studies they're going through, and they're good. But let me ask you a question. I think one of the first tests of whether or not we're really growing in holiness is simply this. It's the obedience test. How are you doing on the obedience test? We go back to the Scriptures and ask you a question. Are you being obedient to the last great command that our Lord gave to believers to go and make disciples? If I ask you today, take the palm of your hand, let it be a writing tablet, and write the names of people that you've shared your faith with in 2007, would your hand stay blank? Are you being obedient? I didn't say that you'd led them to faith in Christ. That's a work of the Spirit. 
but I know that we're responsible to be good news ambassadors to tell other people about our personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. Do you know your personal testimony? If someone asked you and you had about two minutes and that's all you had, said, David, I got, just got a couple of minutes, could you tell me how did you come to know Christ? Are you ready and able to tell that person exactly what happened to your life? See, it's, it can be so simple. I was just an eight-year-old boy. I, I wasn't really that deep in sin, but I was a total sinner. And I told my mother, Mom, I'm afraid of dying. And I was just eight. And I was healthy and I had no problems. But I told her I was afraid of dying. Mother, seeing a divine opportunity, said, well, son, come back here a minute. We went back to the back porch, and mother said, uh, do you know about Jesus? I said, yes, ma'am. We go to Sunday school and church all the time. I, I know all about Jesus. What do you know about Jesus, son? Well, I know that he's the son of God, and he came and lived a perfect life. Well, what else do you know? Well, I, he died on the cross, and then he rose again. Why why did he do that? To pay for my sin debt, my sin penalty. Will you believe all the right things? Would you be willing to pray and invite Christ into your heart? And that day on the back porch, we'd like little Steve would moved out of Atlanta, Georgia, my my safekeeping, moved to New Orleans, Louisiana, and I was a quiet child, little boy, and a little bit uh, out of sorts for leaving Atlanta, Georgia, going off to New Orleans, Louisiana. But that day I invited Christ into my heart. He gave me the gift of eternal life. And I can truthfully tell you, that day, almost instantaneously, I lost my fear of dying. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to die, not anytime soon, but I'm not afraid of dying. Well, what happened? Well, I invited Christ to forgive me of my sins and give me the gift of eternal life. And he did. We need to be prepared to share. It could be a simple testimony. Some of you have a much more profound testimony. Maybe you got involved in things in life that really were dishonoring to God and you went away out like a prodigal person. But God's willing to forgive all of us just where we are. Because you see, God loves all people. Now, you want to know how important the mandate is. You want to know why I'm so focused on us becoming passionate about the Great Commission. Sunday school leaders, this is what it's all about. Jesus, in the great priestly prayer of John chapter 17, prayed this. Father, as thou didst send me into the world, I have also sent them into the world. That's exactly what God's saying to us. I have given you the gift of eternal life and I expect you to be just like my son, to selflessly give yourself to other people so they would come to know Christ. And I ask you, Sunday school leaders, are you praying for people in your class? I ask you, members, are there people for whom you're praying that are in your circle of influence? Little Steve, he had 35 members of his class. He wanted all of them to know, I love you. What about your circle of influence? Are there 10 or 15 or 20 people in your circle of influence where you work? 
in your relationships? And are you praying for them? And are you so passionate like little Steve? You want them to know God loves them. You want them to know that. That's what we ought to be about. Our Sunday school is the reaching, teaching, ministering arm of this church. And the Sunday school must take, once again, that mandate from our Lord. And we must be faithful in telling people about Jesus Christ. And that's what we're passionate about doing. So I ask you, would you dare to be another little Steve? You may be quiet and shy. I understand that. I'm really a shy person, a little introverted. But I can be passionate about our Lord because I know he was passionate about me. Let's share the love of Jesus with people. Let's desire that all people would know that they can come to have a personal relationship with God. And they can, as I did as a little boy, lose their fear of dying and overcome it in God. Pray as you have never prayed before for our church. We really need to recapture this passionate mandate of the Great Commission. And I'm depending on our Sunday school leaders to do that, to to lead the way. That's why we're calling August 26th Great Commission Sunday. And we're going to commission our Sunday school leaders in the 1030 worship service on that Sunday. Because we want them to feel a, a, a compulsion. This is something I must do. There are people on my rolls that haven't attended for months or even years. But I have a desire that they know God's love. Are you passionate about sharing God's love? Would you dare to be like little Steve and tell everybody in your circle of influence that God loves them. Would you pray for our church? Would we dare to pray that God would permeate this wonderful mass choir and this orchestra, all the mission organizations, all the ministries of our church, pray that we would permeate everything we do, every ministry, every event, everything we do, that it would be permeated with the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, that our whole desire to have this place packed to sing to God's glory, to worship Him, to study Him in Sunday school, is that the people would come to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, we need to rediscover people without Christ. Now listen, this is what the Bible says. People without Christ are on their way to an experience in eternity in hell forever separated from God. Do you realize that? Does it not shake you that there are people with whom you have contact that have not gotten a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ? And if they died like they are right now, they would spend an eternity forever separated from God. Let's be like little Steve and write little Valentine cards. And give them out to people. They may not be accepted, but we just keep on telling people about Jesus Christ. That's my desire, to see us the church. And we'll be that if we'll pray for that to happen in our fellowship. Lord, I do pray today that our Sunday school would lead by example and be passionate about the Great Commission. 
I pray for people listening by television that are in this service today that have never repented of their sin and trusted Jesus, that they would do it today and rejoice with us in knowing where they're going to spend eternity. We commit this invitation to you in Christ's name. Amen. While our choir sings, the congregation stands, you're looking for a church home, we invite you to join First Baptist Church. Not a perfect people, but a forgiven people. We would love to have you. Let's stand, let's sing, you respond.